Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Realty Coach. I am so excited today to introduce to you Frank. He is just one of these guys. He's just like super down to earth, works in South Jersey. Um, he's been in the business for 18 years. He's actually on an average helps anywhere between 50 to 75 people. Here's the catch. He does it by himself. He doesn't have like a 14 minions running around on a team. When you call Frank, he's the person who's going to pick up the phone. So Frank, you know what? I, I want to introduce you as, you know, as the sole practitioner. But the thing is, you're just a, you know, down to earth guy. The more I talk to you, the more I realize you're just like a, you know, a normal guy. So I'm a consumer. I'm looking for a house. Um, and obviously we all know, you know, first of all, Realty Coach, we're actually, it's the, it's the world's only consumer direct app where they can actually go and get direct coaching from people like you and me for free. And we're going to help them walk them through either buying, selling, or investing in a home. Let me ask you a question. The, the guy calls on one of your listings and, and I call up, I call up and I say, Hey, my name is Sean and me and my, me and my wife, Mary, we want to actually buy a house. And we notice you have this listing, Frank, uh, when can we come see it? Okay. Well, that's, that's a great one because honestly, most people do the process backwards. Most people do exactly what you, what you said. They find the house, then they contact the realtor, then they contact the lender. And so what do you mean by backwards? Tell me more about that. Well, well, I think that's totally backwards. I think the best way to buy a house and, or if you're starting out in the process is to find your lender first. Make sure you're qualified for what you're looking to buy because people have a big misunderstanding about things that they are qualified for or could be qualified for. Um, and what I mean by that is when they when they go out to the lender and they, when they call the realtor first, they've seen the house. They said, okay, this house is $300,000. Okay, but once they talk to the lender, their budget may only be $200,000. <laughs> now, anything that I show you after that point, if I showed you that house first, you're going to be comparing it to that house and you're never going to be satisfied. But there's also the danger of it working the opposite way. And the opposite way would be maybe you're qualified for $400,000, $450,000, which is another totally different spectrum of homes. And you're looking at this $300,000 house going, I wouldn't buy that for $300,000. Um, I need more. But you don't think you can afford more when you really could have. So you take yourself out of the market again. Starting point, buying a home, always, always, always can't stress it enough, lender first. So let me ask you a question. Um, in, you know, even though I now I actually am a mortgage loan officer uh, with one of the major banks in the United States, um, what's interesting when I was on the real estate side, uh, I'm a recovering realtor is what I like to say. We've helped probably 2000 people negotiate deals. I, I had a, I always had the question of, Hey, the lender qualified me for $400,000, but I don't know if I want to spend that. And really what I kind of figured out was over the years was we came up with just because you're financially qualified doesn't mean you're emotionally or mentally qualified, you know, emotionally, financially, and physically qualified. What do I mean by physically is, you know, uh, I, I always tell this story because I can, you know, I always laugh about it because I can't think that somebody could be that naive. Years ago, I had a customer call me and the girl said, hey, you know, I'm going to buy I want to buy this house. I got uh, $500,000 to put down. They go, wow, that's a lot of money. I'm like 23 years old. Where'd you get that kind of cash? Because, you know, my grandmother's going to give it to me. I go, oh, OK. And, and when is your grandmother um, going to give you that money? Well, I just got I just signed the will. Um, but, you know, and I said, well, is your grandma still with us? Well, yeah, she's doing great. Well, how old is she? She's like 72. I go, and is she active? Is she, you know, um, living with you? Is she living by herself? Oh, no, she drives every day. She, she actually teaches aerobics. She's fantastic. 
And, you know, and I'm thinking like, as I'm, and you're laughing, if you're, you're not seeing this on, if you're listening to this in the car, you're not going to see that Frank just turned bright red and started laughing because whenever we get that phone call, we think to ourselves, okay, why don't you do this? When, when, when grandma is not doing so well, call us back. Right. So how many of those people do you get, Frank, that they're financially qualified to spend $500,000? Are they looking to spend the 500? Are they looking to spend less than that or more than that? How do you dial that in? Most people are never willing, never looking to spend their budget. I mean, everybody wants to deal. It's just a fact of life. I mean, we're all we're all human and and everybody wants the best deal that they can make for their money. And everybody wants a better deal than what they can actually truly get in some cases. Um, the fact of the matter is, is once you start showing the homes and once you start getting into that comfort zone with that realtor, okay, they're going to be able to say, hey, I'd like this, I'd like that. Um, I like this in this room. I like that in that room. And then we can work into maybe we can dial it down a little bit from where your maximum budget is. Hopefully we can dial it down. As a realtor, my job is to keep money in your pocket. Okay. I want you to say that again. Say that again, because most people look at the realtors out to make money. What did you just say? My job, excuse me, my job as a realtor is to keep the money in your pocket. If I'm representing a so how do we do that? How how do you how do you do that for your customers, Frank? Well, we're we're looking for the best opportunities, the, the best deals. You know, the best deal isn't always maximizing what they can what they can spend. The best deal is right. maximizing what they have to spend or minimizing, right. I guess I should say, what they have to spend to get the features that they want. Um you know, again, I you have a budget of five hundred thousand, but I put you in that house for four hundred thousand. Guess what? You know, happy as a client. You're happy. You know, you're going to refer other people to me. You're going to know that I didn't try to push you because my commission was more important than your home. And so how do you know when? How do you know um, you could do that for somebody or you can't? Like, in other words, you know, there used to be an expression that we used all the time, which was either they have. Uh, they may have champagne taste on a Budweiser budget or the reverse, right? Um, how do you how do you dial somebody in when they call you and they say, "Hey, I need a three bedroom, two bath, and I want it, and I and I want a yard, um, and I want it for four hundred thousand dollars," and you kind of chuckle on the phone, right? How how do you instead of telling them, how do you show them without actually getting in the car and driving around all, all over God's creation to help educate them? What's the easiest way for you to do that as the as the real estate professional? Well, the first thing that we like to do is make our first appointment in the office. I still yep. do things old school. I still make my first appointment in my office. I take you in. I put you on the computer. We start looking. The other thing that I do is I talk to my agent and networks. I, I have an agent and networks. Even though I work by myself, I still have agents of, of buyer and seller networks at other brokerages, not just necessarily people in my own office. Not only people in my own my you know my own branded office. It is different top agents in different offices from different companies around my area. I'm going to call them. I'm going to ask them. What do you have coming up? What do you have that's not in the MLS? Guess what? The best deals are the ones that are not in the MLS. Right. Since they hit the MLS, there's a reason. Your top producing agents are going to sell their listings and they're going to sell their buyers' properties before they have to hit the MLS, because the MLS is the end. That's so the I end. want to point out something, which unless you, unless we told you, you wouldn't know why. 
most realtors, most consumers right now are probably thinking, well, why would they tell Frank the secret sauce? Why would they want, why would they want him to know that they have something coming on the market? When, why don't they just sell it themselves? Interestingly enough, most people don't even realize this. The average realtor, we said a minute ago that Frank will do 50 to 75 units a year. The average realtor in the United States right now is doing 4.5 transactions. That's one a quarter. Frank's doing five a month. So well, let me ask you a question. If you were to call, if Frank was to call me and say, hey, Sean, I'm just wondering if you had any inventory or anything going on. I know Frank's an expert. And I know if he's doing five, if he's doing surgery five times a month and I'm doing it once a quarter, there's a high, there's a pretty good chance that if he's bringing me a buyer, the likelihood of that guy surviving the surgery is pretty good. In other words, we're going to get paid. And if I only get paid once a quarter, I'm going to make sure I do business with somebody who does it a lot and has a high probability of getting us paid. That's why Frank is going to, that's why they're going to call Frank and say, yes, I do have something to sell, Frank. And I know every time I do a deal with you, it closes. Um, so Sometimes there's the secrets in the, the secrets, not really, it's in the sauce. Um, Frank, let me ask you this. You, first of all, I mean, in your area, you're one of the top producers. You guys, you told me once before of how many realtors, how many real estate offices are there in your area and your MLS, let's say for argument's sake. So not sure, honestly, how many offices there are here. There's, there's a lot. It's a, it's a pretty, con, pretty congested area. Um, in South Jersey, from say the Trenton area down south, there's yep. approximately fourteen thousand realtors in Bright MLS. By the way, if you're from New Jersey, he's not in South Jersey. He's in like the sticks of New Jersey. We call, <laughs> we call it South Jersey. Jersey County is my primary area. Yeah, right. the big joke in New Jersey is if you're south of like Route 22, you're South Jersey, which is really not. It's like the middle of the state or the the north, the northern portion of the state. Um, but we say that lovingly. He's down in the Jersey Devil territory. This is this is true. Let well, me ask you a question: Are you a Philly fan, or are you are you a Giants or Jets fan? I don't know. It depends. What's my client? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what, who's your favorite team? Oh, yeah, they're my favorite team too. Yeah. No, I. So, I, I all right. So let's fast forward. We we go to the lender. We get qualified. We get approved, and now we're going to start our search. Um, do you do a, do you do like a Zoom with them and try to go through properties, or in your you said you do it in your office? I, I take them in the office. a bunch of them. I, I take them in the office. The first thing when I when I start talking to them, first thing that I do is I'll call some agents around. I'll say, hey, I got somebody. They're getting pre-qualified right now. They're getting their, their approvals taken care of. So this way, if we do send you an offer, we know it's going to close. They're using my preferred lender. You know, my, my agents that I talk to know this already, that they're going to use my preferred lender. They're going to use my preferred home inspector. Um, which is another big part of, of getting they're it. They're going to use your team, basically, the people on your team. Correct. So they know... If I send them something, we're not going to, you know, there has to be a problem with the house before the, but I come to you and I say, Hey, but Frank, my, my brother, my brother-in-law is an attorney in New York. Um, I want to, I want him to, you know, I want him to represent me. Is that okay? Okay. That's a great question. Um, the answer that I have to that is in South Jersey, unlike North Jersey, we don't use attorneys down here typically. There's no need to. The realtors do most of it. As a matter of fact, most of the most of the attorneys, when people do insist on having an attorney represent them in the closing, the attorney gets to the closing table, sits there with his mouth shut, and waits for his check to be handed to him, and he just collected eleven hundred dollars that he didn't need to collect because we do it. Or if they have questions about something, they'll call me and say, "Hey, what what's typical in this area?" 
I'm like, you're the attorney. <laughs> but no, that is the way it is down here in South Jersey. The, the realtors are, you know, the uh, the experts. And and I I can tell you from my own experience, if Frank called me and said, hey, here's my buyer, and he's got a pre-approval from XYZ Mortgage, who and and I've done, like I said, about 2,000 transactions, and every once in a while, I would get a letter from another agent for pre-approval and I go, okay, who is this? Or what company or where are these guys from? And I would actually go back to Frank and say, Frank, I've done 2000 transactions. I've never seen this mortgage company. Um, can you do me a favor? We're gonna request, if we're gonna accept your offer, we're gonna request a second opinion for the pre-approval from you know, a, you know, one of the lenders or the one that you usually use. So you know, there's an advantage to using Frank's preferred lender for a couple of reasons. Number one is is it validates the offer. Number two, if Frank's deal is going sideways, he picks up the phone and calls me, and I call my I, and he I become his direct contact. And if he's calling the person in the call center somewhere in Kentucky where or whatever, and just trying to do a deal in New Jersey, and the person in Kentucky's never seen New Jersey, never been in New Jersey, and has no idea what's going on, they're following a script that, and his question might not be on the script. So it happens too often. It happens happens all the time, right? Too often, right. Um, and and that's the truth. I I mean, yesterday I just put something under contract. Yesterday they sent over an offer, and I and I'm not going to say the lender's name, you know. But I turned around to the agent. I said, "Oh my God, you're using them as a joke." And she said, "Why? What's right. wrong?" I said, "Nothing. He closes everything that I everything that he's ever sent me closes. The right. guy doesn't send over a pre-approval that doesn't close." So it, 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 I said it as a joke to her, but the, the honest opinion was it was great. It was a great lender. It's, and we accepted right. the offer based on not so much the offer as the lender, knowing that that offer is going to close. It wasn't necessarily the best offer because it wasn't. Um, I want you to say that The best offer that I knew would close. That's that's the key. What most people don't understand, and I, and I think it bears you know precedent to say, Price is not always the motivating factor. It depends on. It usually has a lot to do with it. What's you know, be, you know, call a spade a spade. But the reality is, if I say to you, Frank, hey, you know what, this deal, this deal is ten grand more on a hundred thousand dollar property. That's a lot of money. It's a ten thousand, you know, ten percent. But it's only got a forty percent chance of closing. This other deal, we're only going to give you three thousand over the asking price versus ten. But it's a it's a home run and it's our regular lender. It's everybody on the same team. We've all played baseball together. We all know each other. We know it's going to get to close. That other one, we have no idea who these people are. We don't know where this deal came from. And the likelihood of it closing is probably slim to none because it's, it's, you know, which one of those do you go with? And as the, I would say to you, if I'm the realtor presenting that crazy offer to you, what do you tell your seller? money isn't always the answer. The highest offer is not always the best offer. The best offer is the one that we know can close. You know, the, close best, the, offer, you know, the best offer is the one that we, you know, barring anything unforeseen, of course. I mean, you know, things happen during the course. Out of your control. You, know, you have buyers and, and they're so worried about winning a bid that they're sending offers 50, 60, $70,000 over just to win the bid in the hope that they're going to renegotiate the price lower down the line. 
we don't even entertain offers that we don't think are going to fit into yep. the closing category because to me, why all we did was waste two, three. Right. Weeks. It's 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 unethical in my opinion. That kind of thing, but that's just my my two cents. Um, I think you know at the end of the day, what you, we just got done illustrating is number one, the importance of having a professional by your side. Number two, having a team, making sure that person, you know. I used to say it all the time. I would go, I would go to an appointment and they would say, you know, I want to hire my brother, sister, cousin to represent me on either the buyer or the sale of the house. And I would say, that's great. According to my, you know, my notes here, um, it looks like they did a transaction about six months ago. And then before that, the last one was about two months before that. Let me ask you a question. You got any kids? Oh yeah, sure. I go, you know, if your kid was sick and you took him to the doctor and the one guy said, you know, I do this about once a quarter. And the other guy said, I do this about six times a month. And this surgery is probably going to be the difference between your kid living or dying. Which one do you go to? I, you know, it's not rocket science. It's a no the person who does the most transactions usually has the most experience and the highest probability of giving you a transaction journey that's stress less versus stress more. And let's, let, Frank, what are the things, right? Public speaking, getting married, getting divorced, having a baby. And what's the last one? Buying a house. Buying most stressful house. things on the planet and frank is like the fireman helps you to less stress closing thought like if, if you had a if you had to tell if you had to tell a consumer either a buyer seller investor i don't care which one you pick if you had to leave them with one thing that they had to do or they should do before they do anything else what do you think it is but one thing you know is is picking whether it's myself someone else Picking a realtor that's going to stay with you through the process that has the network put together for you, the home inspectors, the lenders, the, the termite inspectors, people to do work if there's an issue that needs to be done on a house. You know, somebody who's going to stick with you, a title company that, that doesn't hold things up over silly, silly like things. stupid stuff. Um, you know, putting that network together and working with somebody that has that network already together versus learning it on the fly or putting it together on the fly. Listen, we've all been there. I'm not saying new agents can't do it. I'm just right. saying putting it together with someone that has that experience and is not going to lead you through the process. Um, you're not going to make a deal with, say, Frank, and all of a sudden three months are by and you're saying, hey, my house didn't sell. Where's Frank? I have right, we're Just playing golf. <laughs> we, have, we have we have things in place to make sure we're always in communication with each other. You're, we're never going to leave you on the side, and make sure whoever you do use myself, anyone else has that type of network put together for you, because buying a home should be the happiest, best experience you ever make in your life. I, I hear stories and all these wild tales that that happen to people all along, and I say, wow that was so avoidable and and all it right. was somebody who knew just a little bit you know more than what the person that they used knew. i think i i think you said it fantastically the one thing that um i would add to it is find you know find a team of experts that actually pick up the phone i can't tell you how many transactions we've had get delayed um for like the stupidest thing because the title rep, the title rep has like a VA someplace in another country or whatever doing, doing some of the paperwork. 
and they never pick up the phone because they can't because they don't speak English and they do everything via text. And, and now you're trying to communicate with them. And all, and all you're trying to get, like a, a great example of this was we had a, a closing delayed in South Jersey for two days because we didn't have the, the insurance deck sheet for, for the building, right? They were buying a condo. And I said, I said, well, can't we just get, and finally I called the guy who owned the title company. I finally got him on the phone because he, he emailed me and said, Hey, we haven't heard from you. And I said, well, that's unusual because I have a, and I sent them back like my record. I said, here is nine emails, nine phone calls and nine texts from you over the last nine weeks, every Tuesday at the same time to your team saying, here is the status of our loan. Where are you at? Here's the status of the loan. Here's what we're doing. Going, here's the status of the loan, right? And then he had the nerve to come back to me and say, hey, we, we haven't heard from you. And I was like, well, not for a lack of trying. When, when he finally did pick up the phone, I said, listen, I don't care who's right or who's wrong. We're just trying to get it to a closing. We need your help. We need to get the deck sheet for the insurance. He goes, oh, oh hold on a minute. Hang, puts me on hold, walks across the hall to the company who had the insurance policy, the woman gave him the deck sheet right there standing and he gave him the deck sheet and got back on the phone. He goes, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you in like two minutes and we can close then. I go, yeah, that's all we were waiting for. And your team kept saying, Simple. that's like trying to get an act of God to get that paper. Simple communication. You have to trust the people you're working with. You have to be coordinated with the people. You have to know they're going to communicate with you. Communication is the key oh. to getting everything to, to the table. So the, the the title of this episode, if anybody's got a question, we're going to call it communication. <laughs> communication is key. Frank, you're welcome. Knowledge. How do people get in touch with you, by the way? Uh, best way to reach me, uh, you know, I, I, I always use cell phone. I don't I don't tell people call in my office and they'll direct you to my to my voicemail. I will give you my cell phone number. You know, I want you to be able to reach me when you need to. If I can't reach me on the phone, shoot me a text. Uh, maybe on an appointment, but I tell you, I don't, I'm not one of those guys that says, Hey, I'll call you back tonight between five and seven. I don't believe in that. You know, I call people back as soon as I possibly can. And that doesn't mean the next day, the day after it means as soon as I'm finished the appointment <laughs> I'm on, I will call you right back <laughs> right. if I'm unavailable. So my God, so that's I, a unique sales proposition. It's, it's, You're going to call me. <laughs> that is my business. My office is my cell phone. <laughs> My, when I first got married, my wife goes, doesn't your phone stop ringing? And I go, if it does, we got in trouble. We got a problem. We're not going to be able to pay our credit cards. <laughs> That's it. So Frank, what's the phone number they're going to call you on? It's 856-625-4587. Frank, even though you're in New Jersey, I know you're with Century 21. They're like one of the oldest real estate brokerages in the world. Uh, you have relationships all over the country, I'm assuming, that you can refer to top agents like yourself. I do. But being, being with Century 21, one of the big things that they have right now is a lot of people are relocating. They're relocating out of a lot of the big cities because of costs, because of whatever their reasoning is. Um, and they're relocating to different areas of, of the country. Um, so we do. We have an extensive network of, of agents that we deal with, uh, both taking referrals in and giving referrals out to them cross country. So just, just for our consumers to understand, a referral is you know, the definition of a referral on the real estate side is basically Frank saying, hey, I may not be able to help you in that state because I'm not licensed. And even though you call me because I'm the expert and you've heard this interview, I'm going to introduce you to somebody that if I was to send my kids there to go buy a house, here's the person I would send them to because I trust them and I care about them. 
And because I care about you, I'm going to send you to that same person. And, and basically what he's doing is referring you to them. But in the, in essence, his relationship now becomes the extension of your relationship with that person. Very and true. that's more valuable than, you know, a, picking up the phone and having him call somebody on your behalf will save you hours, days, months, years trying to find a house and ask anybody who has a kid kind of trying to go to college and you go look for a property in another state, unless you have the expert, man, it's, it, you're, you're on your own. You'll spend, you'll spend days just walking around the town. Um, Frank, we appreciate you, man. As always, um, we're definitely going to have you back. You're a great expert. Um, again, if you haven't figured it out, go to Realty Coach app. It's free. Just download it. You're going to get this interview um, and so much more. Um, you'll also find out more about Frank. We'll show you how to get in touch with him in the app. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you on the other side. Sean Chalice, uh, the founder of Realty Coach. Can't wait to see you guys. All Have right. a great day. Thank you very much for everything. Thanks.